for Hero, um, we're really a student to our art form, right? And so we all maintain this mentality of like, we don't know anything and we need to continue to discover it. And so we all hold this very hum humble attitude that we're still progressively learning and we're doing today better than yesterday is kind of our mentality. Welcome to Future Driven. I'm Adam Kopp, and on this podcast, I talk with entrepreneurs and industry professionals about the challenges and the wins in their business. See the vision, drive the future. Uh, welcome to episode 25, lucky number 25, Mark uh, of Future Driven Podcast. I am here with Mark Davis of Hero Creative. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Adam. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Well, it's always good to be connected with others in the industry. And so really looking forward to hearing about your your background, your company, and all of the above. But where I like to really start out is kind of give us your quick career. You know, what what led you to Hero? Because uh, I assume you didn't come out starting with that. So what what did you start out with and, and what led you up to launching your company? Well, how long is your podcast? I've got a very colorful history. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> well, actually, just right out of the gate, right out of high school, um, I was very interested in aviation. And so um, literally the night of my high school graduation, I turned pro in paragliding and packed my bags up and left. And that was my space. Uh, literally paragliding, skydiving and base jumping was my realm for about 10 years. Cool. And so everything that I did from like flight instruction to jumping, skydiving, whatever, um, was all wrapped around how can I make money out of seeking my passion for flying and jumping and doing all that stuff. So, you know, I really kind of started early in my career with this very entrepreneurial spirit. It was always kind of like, how do you figure it out? Uh, you know, teaching people, owning my own flight school, a retail shop. And so I really had that kind of in my ecosystem for a very long time. But well, for, I'd love to jump in really quick and find out how many how many flights or dives do you have? You got you got to give us some stats so we can kind of get <laughs> our head wrapped around how many times you've jumped out of an airplane. Well, airplane right around three thousand um, okay. skydives, about 80, 90 base jumps or so, and then I jump way up in paragliding to nearly twenty thousand, maybe a little bit over twenty thousand um, flights. Yeah, twenty thousand flights. Wow. <laughs> So quite, quite a lot. I mean, that was my space from, you know, 15 lying about my age to get on a tandem flight to, you know, all the way up into my, you know, mid thirties, I guess. So super cool. Um, yeah, it was super fun. And you said you were professional at that? Yeah, that was, that was my job. I competed and um, flew full time, got to travel around all over the place and got to, you know, seek my dreams out and, and, uh, yeah, teach people how to fly and compete along the way and make some money. Nice. So you did that for 10 years, and then that's when you started to kind of become more of an entrepreneur. I mean, it sounds like you've always been an entrepreneur, but, you know, you started to build a lifestyle or a business around that? Yeah, not initially, actually. So so the, the long of the short story of this is, is that um, I had a number of, like, really scary incidences, um, not only in skydiving, but paragliding as well. Um, and just had started having a lot of friends die in, doing yeah. the sport and aerobatics and that kind of thing. And so um, it was a little bit of a game changer for me. And I, I um, we ended up having a, a plane go down with 12 of our friends. And, um, and it was almost kind of like that pivotal moment where it's like, okay, 
I'm not sure if I can continue on doing this. And so I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go into, you know, uh, sales or marketing and, and figure that out. And so uh, basically I started in in a corporate job and in corporate uh, marketing and sales organization with a, a very large website. And I worked my way up the ranks there pretty fast and kind of moved to a few different companies, a um, few different holding companies, and really learned a lot about websites and how they operate and how they kind of plug into different people and the personas, A-B testing, um, that kind of thing, and, and, and really uh, helping people with marketing programs um, through, through websites. And so lo and behold, you know, I'm managing a ton of people. And I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? I'm miss. I'm traveling like 80% of my life. You know, I'm I'm literally passing my wife in the airport, and I stopped one day, and I I'll never forget this. And um, I literally was on a flight going to Chicago for a meeting, and I did not get upgraded to first class. And I was sitting there like I had I had I had like a full on mental conniption over this. I was like, I deserve to, be, I'm in a suit and what are, what are they doing? I'm 75K, whatever. And I'm like, I, you know, a conniption. I sat down in the seat and in, in coach and I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is insane. This is coming from a kid who is making $150 a week at one point, sleeping under a blackjack table at a friend's house, couch surfing, homeless, and go to making ungodly sums of money for what I was doing. And here I am, not humble. And I'm like, that's not who I am. And so I went back and I was like, I need to start giving back. So I I basically went back to the company. I was like, hey, I want to start doing philanthropic work and specifically with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I said, I want to start writing line items in for some philanthropic work. And they axed it. And I said, well, that's the end of me. And I quit. And literally next day I opened up Hero Creative. It wasn't called that at the time, but I literally opened the agency up like within a couple of days and um, started working with the Make-A-Wish Foundation almost straight away. And uh, we were up and running, you know, right out of the block, out of the gate. So we bootstrapped the start and- Interesting, so what what year was that? So that was 2012. So we've almost been open for 10 years now. So- Okay. Yeah. And, And the company that you worked for before, how long were you there with, or how long were you there with them? Um, I think it took maybe three years in total, okay. three and a half years, but it wasn't, so I kind of bounced around a little bit, but, um, so uh, just a weird story. I actually was, um, in, uh, a company and got approached by the competitor, its competitor. Okay. And I was like, there's no way that I'm going to take this job. They're, they're going to eat me alive. I'm just not, I'm not built for this other company. And they said, name your price. And I was like, in my head, I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I named the price and they were like, great. And so I ended up leaving that company and I was only with that next company for a year. I just couldn't handle it anymore. So, um, but that, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a, a transformation and along the way kind of, you know, refining myself in, in the, in the career path, because I think, you know, for myself, I'm, I'm inherently a pretty humble individual. And when I started having those behaviors and mentalities, like I deserve these things, it's like so weird um, to me, and it's like, where? How did I get here? <laughs> and yeah. it, I actually attended a Make a Wish event um, for a kid uh, who wanted to be a pirate for the day, um, and he was out, actually out um, with the Seafair Pirates. And so I attended that event, and I was like, my God, if I could only see life 
through a child's eyes for like one minute living his wish out, what would that look like for me? And that was kind of what spawned the name Hero um, was one part we, we do about 20% back to charitable contributions in our organization. Um, and we really like to make wish foundation because it's kind of realigned my, um, my life quite, quite significantly, I would say. Oh, that's a, that's a interesting, as you said at the beginning, uh, kind of story and it's kind of taken some turns and dips and dives, but yeah, no, that's super interesting. It's great. Obviously with your self realization, realization there that, uh, I guess coming up on 10 years ago. So let's, let's dig into hero a little bit. So you pivoted started you know uh 10 years ago so what what has that journey been like for you kind of where where do you fit in the whole ecosystem of agencies and uh you know where do you where do you thrive what industries do you thrive in and and you you touch based on the philanthropic part of it and that's a big part of the big pillar of your your company mm -hmm. oh it's huge it's absolutely huge so so here <laughs> hero i mean you know being being uh a business owner, an entrepreneurial, uh, you know, background. Um, being a business owner, Adam, as I mean, you are probably highly aware. It is the best and worst thing that will ever happen to you. Of as, course. You know, and I'm the type of person where I will do it every which way wrong first before really figuring it out and hitting my stride. And so, you know, early on, it was just like, you know, no payroll. I had 15 employees at one point and like, it was just, you know, no tracking system, no project management system and to where we're at today, which is a very small boutique um, agency that works on global um, branding and marketing identity projects. And so that transition has been just wild. I mean, I think out of the gate, I, I scaled so fast in the company that it just it imploded kind of inherently. And I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to the scaling. And I, I was like, much like you are, I'm sure I was up at night, like, how am I going to work payroll this month? You know what I mean? With all of those people and keep them busy on projects, you know what I mean? Keep them focused and energetic and that kind of thing. And so, you know, heroes just, it's a, it's a real interesting agency. It's very, very diverse. Um, we work, we don't discriminate projects at all. Um, we work on, you know, everything from, TV commercials, car commercials to like the most tiniest startup project. And, and what we focus on is less about like the big flashy projects. We focus on the people and the clients and the, it's the clients that we really gravitate towards because when, when we get involved with the project, um, we don't sleep uh, until it's like absolutely perfected and it's super dialed. And, um, you know, now we're just, we're a group of very passionate individuals that are um, specialized in the identity space. So we, we build websites, brands, logos, identity, you know, anything involving a pixel. We shoot a lot of photography and a lot of video production is kind of where we're at today. So nice. So how big is your team? So we're four people. We're really kind of five right now. Um, we have a few people that shoot for us too in the production side. So we're small, um, but we clock one of the top, five, 10 branding agencies in Seattle, which is, um, you know, that's not the end all. That doesn't really mean much, but it is what it is. I guess it's a little fact to tout. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Well, and so so 10 years uh, when and you talked a little bit about the struggles uh, at the beginning, what what year do you feel like you kind of started to pivot and understand truly who you wanted to be? And because I got to believe that, you know, similar to myself and others that you take on projects that don't align, mm-hmm. and it kind of becomes one of those things. But the 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 more you do it, the more you uh, identify early on the ones that are the right fit or not the right totally. fit make that decision. Yeah, that's so funny, Adam, because I think really, really early in in our conception, we were like following the 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 bill, right? So we were following what our clients were asking for us to do. So for example, we started dabbling in search engine um, marketing. So pay, uh, PPC campaigns, and um, we ended up taking over like 120 um, social media handles and we're, we're driving content through social media channels. And really, really quick, we just learned that those are very specialized uh, industries that really require individuals that are hyper specialized in that in that world. Yep. And it requires its own set of technology, its own set of you know content uh, syndicators. And we just found we weren't passionate with social media, although we develop and deliver content to social. Um, we found that actually posting, and doing that kind of thing was not something that we were passionate about. And then we also learned early on uh, PPC, we just weren't good at it. So we stopped doing it. Um, yep. And then we were, we were also li- like literally taking on clients that uh, were not a good fit for our company. And, and we're, we're the type of agency that we hug our clients and our hu- clients love us, you know? Um, so. so so how are you dealing with COVID then? You know, you can't hug your clients as often as you'd like to. You must be uh, a <laughs> Well, you know, we, we hug them through our video screen, right? No. Um, I mean, COVID was how was it for you guys? Uh, you know, it was pretty good. You know, we 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 managed to kind of weather the storm at the beginning. And uh, you know, it was for me, it was an opportunity that three to six months, whatever you want to call it, that it was really kind of intense there. Um not to say it's not intense now, but, uh, um, you know, it was really the place to kind of tighten up the ship and understand kind of where we are and, and, and what we're doing. So it, you know, it was a 2020 was, uh, was a pretty solid year in, in, in the grand scheme of everything. And, and 2021 just kind of followed, followed suit. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, for hero, what was it, uh, you know, how did, how did you guys deal with, uh, um, 2020 and COVID and everything, you know, did that impact your business? Yeah. I mean, it, it just in all transparency, I, I, I feel like we, we had really kind of two to three real big projects going on right as the COVID was ramping up yep. and it was to the point of where, um, I was actually supposed to be in China um in shenzhen which is very close to wuhan um yeah. like literally about maybe a month before it really started people really started to identify what covid was and what was going on with it and i was literally meeting with this client they're a very very huge aerospace um and defense um company and um i was in new york um meeting with them and i was literally asking one of the uh one of the the project leads for us um who's a brilliant brilliant guy it's like hey are, are we feel are you feeling like we're gonna do this china trip and he was like oh yeah you'll, you'll be totally fine it wasn't like three weeks later that it was really you know kind of closing down but 
I just, I feel like if we didn't have those three clients, it would have been very scary because the way that the pipelines work for agencies, um, you know, it can, it can be, you know, you can send a proposal down or a bid down and it could be a month later, but I don't know about you, Adam, but we, our bids just went to a trickle for like probably three months. And so, you know, we were really hyper-focused on the current project, but that transition for us was pretty, pretty easy just with where those projects were. We had already finished our discovery, done all of our uh, analysis work, and then the rest of it was all digital analytics um, and, and persona development. So we had already finished like all the visuals and stuff like that when we were moving into, um, moving into the tail end of those projects. And then for us, it just kind of started picking back up again, but I'd be lying if I didn't say it was a very tumultuous time in, in Hero for, for us. For sure. So, um, over COVID, uh, ended up buying a a, a partner out, um, who's and I'm the founder of Hero, and I brought in a partner who um, was wanted to move off in a different direction, and that was just that was a real tough time to, you know, be doing a partner buyout, you know, with COVID <laughs> happening at the same time. So um, yeah, but, just the way it works sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's just kind of you know when when it. Hits the fan, it hits the fan. <laughs> cool. So it sounds like you're in the in the agency world, very heavy on visual identity, branding. So do you work with a lot of startups? Or are you looking to help uh, organizations um, refresh their brand? Give me like a, a case study example, uh, if you will, of kind of how you, you know, an example of a client you work with and your process, you know, like know mm -hmm. a little bit about what your onboarding is and, and how you break it down and, and why somebody would want to pick hero when deciding to refresh their brand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even, even starting from no brand too is something that, that we, we like to do as well. And even we get approached by companies that, that, you know, they, they have an idea, they have a product, but they actually don't have a company name. Um, yep. And they don't, they don't have the, the, um, uh, nuts and bolts to the to the company yet, right? So they don't even have a mission statement, tagline, you know, core value set. Those are all things that we we come up with for them. So really, uh, you know, the way that we in in our projects are very very well dialed, um, and we start with the scientific component, which is a big part of my um, ethos, uh, the science side and the art side too for myself. But uh, the science side for us is what we call discovery. And so we we really start in um, and no no two discovery processes are alike, right? So um, even you know when we're developing like a really really big brand or something like that, um, we really get in and we do a launch meeting until we really start to figure out okay this is how this project shapes out, and then inside of discovery we um, if there is a website presence we we start pulling down the analytics. And then we apply heat mapping to see where people are going, what the clicks are like, what problems we're solving. And then we move into the focus group side, right? We get the key stakeholders. We might send surveys out to the employees or team members to see what their thoughts and opinions are. Um, and then we start to craft that discovery uh, based around that. So, you know, a, a really good example is we have uh, one client in the cannabis space and they came to us with a product category but they weren't sure what the persona was going to be for their product type. And so we actually went into seven retail shops and literally tracked in, in um, uh, retail consumer data. So we were like one of the only individuals that have actual consumer data and we were able to link it up in a bunch of different ways. So product type, category, age, 
um, you know, perception of income, that kind of thing. And another one of our clients, Northwest Motorsport, we um, refreshed their their brand not that long ago. Are you familiar with those guys at all? I'm not. No. No. Yeah. So, so they're uh, uh, they're one. Of the, they're the largest independent car dealership in America, and okay. um, it's a owner who's a baseball uh, ex Mariner baseball player, Chuck Chuck Moore Chuck. That was kind of their hook. Well, uh, you know, another example is uh, they approached us about doing a full brand refresh and straight out of the gate, we were like, we knew that half of their inventory wasn't trucks, but that's all their commercials were pushing. Yeah. And so we, you know, went in and, and assessed their inventory to figure out what the output is going to be. So that was a component of the, the discovery there. But no, like I had mentioned, no two discovery processes are alike, but the yield that is is very similar from one another. So once that's completed, um, and we, you know, have crafted uh, that together. Um, the onboarding, we have a project management system. So all of the tasks uh, based upon the proposal get transferred over into that and we time keep and stuff in there. Keeps our team on track and that kind of thing. Um, and then we move uh, over into the video. Uh, let me jump in really quick on that. So just to compare notes, what's your favorite or what project management system do you use? So, <laughs> so we've, we've had a lot. Uh, we've been through everybody has oh man it's like so we went from trello yeah right and we were like oh it had so many different pitfalls and then we went from trello to another one that i can't even remember over to reich and we went from the most simplest project management system to the most complicated reich yeah and what we found was none of our teammates including myself were using reich except for our web developer who every meeting we would get on would just slam the creatives, be like, you're not time tracking. So we ended up going back to uh, Monday is our yep. uh, project. And we absolutely love it. We think it's it's great. It's it's clean. The user experience is great. Plus it's got a robust set of tools that you know plug into all of our little applications that we use and that kind of thing. Yeah, Monday's great. We use Asana mm -hmm. here, which is very mm -hmm. similar to, to Monday. So yeah, no, I just, I just wanted to kind of chat a little quickly about your, your tools there. So once you yeah. run them through the project management and you've, you've completed the discovery, you know, kind of what's the next uh, next phase? Yeah, so next phase, um, then we move into the visual side. So we start, um, and typically for refreshing the logo, um, we move into a mood board, right? So we deliver um, a bunch of different, you know, iteration directions. Um, and brand directions to our client. And then that's a that's a big checkpoint for us. And once that's kind of checked off and they understand our vision and where we're, we're taking the brand, then we move into our logo round, so the actual design iterations. And typically, a typical project, we'll go only two iterations now for our, you know, two, two and a half iterations. And then we, we do everything in um, black and white. So we actually don't touch color on first or second round. And then we colorize at the end. And so because of that diligence, um, that due diligence really that we do in the front half, once we move into the design um, side, um, none of our clients are like, how did you come up with that? Or like, where? I'm not seeing it. And that was something, Adam, that happened early on. I'm not kidding you. We, we literally would email out logo packages to clients and state in the email, please let us know what your feedback is. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my career. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you know, we went from that to really hand walking, producing high fidelity brand mock-ups so that the clients can like really see the vision. Sure. Um, and then, yeah. So once that's complete, um, typically then we'll move into the content side. We bring in our content writer, Nick, um, at that point. And then we onboard internally. We do our discovery um, with our team as well. We run right through the presentation with our clients. And then once that's completed, website process is, is sneaky, complicated. We build in PHP, WordPress, and we do website mood board. We do website wireframes, high fidelity mockups in Adobe uh, XD, and then development. And um, while they, while we're doing the, well, really kind of while we're in design, that's when we start getting our content. So photography, we start getting, compiling that if it's product shots or what have you, we're starting to get that to, so that it doesn't hold web uh, stuff up. And then once that's complete, we launch, we're our own um, hosting company as well. So we host um, just over 180 websites total right now. So we have a whole full fleshed out hosting management system for WordPress. And um, yeah, and then once that's done, typically at like the end, we'll be doing explainer videos or like buffer content and that kind of thing. And once the brand is turned over, just depending on the nature of their company, we will typically act like the, the marketing department for them. And if there is a marketing director, we kind of plug right in as, a, as backfill for them. So for example, if they're like business cards, letterhead, whatever the package is, hey, Mark, can you do this for us? Or, you know, um, that's kind of when we start running the, the marketing department side for them. So Awesome, man. Sounds like you've uh, developed your system. And after 10 years, you've ran through it a few times that you know uh, what works and what doesn't work. And that's really the key, right, is applying experiences uh, to the next client so that it's faster and more beneficial for everybody. Yeah, and and I, I make no mistake about it though. Um, like we we in our company, we have a very very distinct mentality of not really knowing or or not really thinking we know everything. Um, and so we have always, since our conception, have maintained this um, this thought process of seeing creative through the eyes of a three year old. Right, there is no box. There are no lines and it's, you know, real limitless potential. And it, it's really interesting that that has always remained the same, no matter what that we're working on. In fact, um, the, the backpack story of Hero was literally born, the name, the philosophy and the thought was born by a two and a half year old kid, my son, who literally was in a field and I happened to have my camera on me. And he stuck his blankie behind his uh, neck and I had total writer's block. I couldn't name the company and I was like, couldn't write for us. And, you know, I was, I had, I was in the confines of a corporation, right? I was told how to act, um, how to speak, how to think. I was, you know, given everything to say uh, or do or behave or whatever. And I had writer's block and I couldn't, I couldn't do creative. I couldn't paint and I love painting. I could hardly play guitar anymore. I was just so in that corporate mindset. And it wasn't until that day when I saw my son, I grabbed my camera, shot a few shots. And I was like, my God, this, this three-year-old has no boundaries, right? He, he is living his best life running in a field right now. And I was like, I am not looking at life or this company through the eyes of a creative. I'm looking at it through the eyes of somebody who's scared out of their mind for jumping out of an airplane into the space of entrepreneurship 
and still have to afford a mortgage, right? So once that happened, I reset and went home, named the company. Um, and it was actually my son, we got in the car and Foo Fighters was his favorite song, uh, Hero. He got in the, the car and I was like, my God, what am I gonna name it? And I had like 30 names happening at one, one point. And my son gets in the car and he's like, dad, hero, 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 you know, and his like little two and a half year old voice. And um, I was like, oh my God, that's it, hero. And so that's how it was born. Got home, totally write the business model, wrote the plan, um, wrote how, how it was gonna stand up um, and stay, you know, keep us out of the red and do it strategically while launching other services. So that's a little bit of the backstory. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a cool story. And it's fun to have yeah. your son be a part of that. Oh yeah. How many, yeah, kids, how many sure. kids do you have, Mark? We, we have two. Okay, very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, well, I'm lucky enough to have three boys. I got a four, almost four-year-old, six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah, we're kind of in the same pocket. Yeah. So it's a it's an interesting time, as you know. Um, yeah. I speaking of which, I never thought in a million years I would have to run a business, right? And uh, and literally have my daughter on my left and my son on my right and be confined to a schoolroom for, you know, a year and a half. And I can't tell you, I, I, it was, that was a very, you know, crazy time to be like helping my daughter who's, you know, was just in, in first part of kindergarten, help her like read and write into, and, you know, completing first grade remotely, you know, to my son who's in fifth grade, talk about like, real clutch years for these kids so it was wild being on zoom meetings and talking with clients and then you know my daughter's like dad dad how do i write this word and it's like you know transition from that over to you know talking with clients and you know working on stuff but lots of late nights as i'm sure you could attest to yeah that's challenging i i had to come to the <laughs> office because i couldn't uh i couldn't uh, do what you did multitasking that didn't work for me um but yeah. No, that's great, man. I, I I really like that story. That hero uh, story is is fun. So, um, so you know, this podcast was about you know I named it for future driven, and the reason why is because I wanted to know and hear you know. So you've done a lot of great things in your career. You've doing some great things now with Hero. But what what's next? What what do you dream about uh, daily? Where do you want to take creative or what do you personally have planned? Is there is there any uh, anything you can share with us that on what you have planned in the future and where you're going? Well, I love this question, by the way. So um, technology is a sticky wicket, good, bad and different. Um, technology is moving so fast. It's making life for agencies a lot easier and in some ways, and in some ways it's making life a little bit harder in certain instances. And it just seems like with every update, like for example, um, uh, Photoshop just pushed an update out that literally reduced something that would take me about 20, 20 minutes per image in, in two clicks of a button. It does an action for you now. Yeah. And so the, the technology that these really large companies like the Adobe suite and what they're doing there and other companies like Canva, we, we do like to use Canva for certain thing, elements in our company. Yep. Um, but that technology is, is totally changing. And I think for us, um, we absolutely will live and die 
by our ability to quickly adopt new technology. Um, and so we really keep our finger to the uh, our finger on the pulse, not only with like web development, but making sure that we're keeping our eyes on on new technologies that are driving web development because code too is kind of an unseen thing. And so, and we need to continue to discover it. And so we all hold this very hum, humble attitude that we're still progressively learning and we're doing today better than yesterday is kind of our mentality. And with technology and the advent, how quickly things change, you know, Google pushes out, you know, one random thing and all of our organic, you know, uh, SEO is gone on our websites. And we have to make sure that we're, we're um, uh, watching out for that kind of thing. So for, for Hero, I think, you know, just off the top, it's very humble, even owning an agency. And, and I feel privileged to be a small business owner. Um, and I, you know, although I, I'm not flying skydiving currently, um, <clears throat> but to me, this agency is like skydiving and it's like my form of flight. So I, I think for me, just walking in the door gives me a sense of exhilaration. And um, every single day poses a new set of challenges and new clients that come in with new ideas and new things for us um, and challenges for us to solve. I think for us, I really would like to work on, you know, a really, really big impact project that really, really changes people's lives. And I'd love to do that in the next five years for us. And we've done a few with like the Make-A-Wish Foundation where um, we rebuilt an API call that allows um, for them to basically uh, ping airlines. So if you donate airline miles, um, th there's not a lot of heavy lifting that happens on the Make-A-Wish side. Well, we've we've seen like a thousand or some odd percent increase in, in mileage donations because it's so fast for people to donate miles. And that's a really big vehicle where people can help that foundation out because a lot of the wishes are, um, are travel wishes. And actually I didn't even mention this, but, uh, over COVID, one of the things that helped uh, me keep going was, um, there was a wish kid who, uh, and I, this hasn't happened in the 10 years that I've been working with them, or maybe it has a few times, but this wish kid wanted to be a photographer and she wanted photo lessons. And so I met with her every single week taught her photography and finally after like four months of working with her um i was able to drive down to ocean shores and deliver like a bunch of professional gear um from cameras lenses you know the whole thing to her i would really love to do a project uh, that again really really has a positive impact on society whether it's philanthropic or paid um that would be a, a career you know marker for me i think so um, I'm not sure what that looks like, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of a, a little bit of a goal. Cool. I like it, man. Well, you know, you're leading by leading with passion, which is, you know, the number one thing, right? If you don't love what you do, it, it's not worth it. So it sounds like you're really enjoying, uh, what you're doing at Hero and, and you, you're doing it for a greater purpose, which is even better. So that's awesome, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time and jumping on and telling your story. So thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Adam. I, I appreciate it. It was fun. Absolutely.